Chapter Seventeen of the Surprising Adventures of Bamfield Moore Carew, King of the Beggars, by Bamfield Moore Carew. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The fleet sailing from Spithead with a fair wind anchored safely at Copenhagen, and then the King of Denmark came on board Sir Charles Wager. The moment he set his foot on board, both the flagships were covered with an infinite number of colors of every hue, which, waving in the wind, made a most gallant sight upon his departure the colours were all taken down in an instant and every ship fired eighteen or twenty guns sailing from copenhagen they anchored next in elsin cape in sweden from hence they sailed to ravel in a line of battle in form of a rainbow and anchored there the sick men were carried ashore to arrogan island which mr carew observing and burning with love to revisit his native country counterfeited sickness and was accordingly carried ashore to this island which lies near Revel, belonging to the muscovites from whence boats came every day to fetch wood he prevailed upon an englishman who was a boatswain to one of the tsarina's men-of-war to give him a passage in his boat from that island to Revel town when he came there the boatswain used great endeavours to persuade him to enter her majesty's service but it was all in vain being resolved to return to his beloved country the boatswain therefore having entertained him a day and a night at his house gave him at his departure a piece of money and engaged several englishmen of his acquaintance to do the same he likewise furnished him with a bag of provisions a bottle of excellent brandy a tinder-box and a few lines wrote in that country language which he was to show to those he met to inform him of the road he was to go and then conducted him out of the town that night he took up his lodgings in the woods and by the help of his tinder-box made a large fire all round him to secure himself from any visits from wild beasts then broiled a piece of flesh drank a dram and rested very quietly till morning it being the middle of summer the whole country here is wild full of large woods and uninhabited deserts the towns and villages lying very thin in the morning finding his way out of the woods he espied a lonely hut to which he made up and making signs of hunger and thirst they gave him some rusk bread and caporetta or goat's flesh to eat and some goat's milk to drink which is the usual fare amongst those people who are most of them lutherans by religion and lead very sober lives of some of them he got small bits of money which they call compacts and are of silver something larger than a barleycorn being of a penny value he likewise frequently got drams of excellent brandy amongst them and his shoes being worn out by travelling they gave him a pair of good wooden ones which sat very awkwardly on his english feet about six or seven days travel through this wild country he came to riga a large town and famous seaport here he met with many english merchants and commanders of vessels who were very kind to him he tarried two days in briga to rest and refresh himself during which the english merchants and commanders provided lodgings and other accommodations for him collecting upwards of fifty shillings for him having expressed his utmost gratitude towards his good benefactors he again pursued his journey subsisting himself sometimes on the charity of the inhabitants of the country and at other times milking the cows upon the mountains or in the woods 
the next place of note he arrived at was the city of danzig in the kingdom of poland here he found a great number of english merchants who traded to exeter and bristol and had many correspondents living in those places several of whom mr carew being acquainted with he gave a particular account of having been entertained here very hospitably for several days he set out again having first received some handsome presents from the english merchants from danzig he got a passage on board an english brigantine bound for copenhagen but through stress of weather was obliged to put in to elson cape where he went on shore and travelled by land to stockholm the capital of sweden but in his road thither he lost his way in this wild and desert country and for the space of three days and nights saw neither house hut nor human creature the weather being very thick and foggy nothing could be more melancholy and dreadful than these three days travel his provisions were exhausted and every step he took he was uncertain whether it might lead him farther into the woods as he could make no observation how the country lay the fog intercepting the light of everything sometimes fancy would paint to him a hut through the fog at a little distance to which he would direct his steps with eager haste but when he came nearer found it nothing but an illusion of sight which almost drove him to despair the fourth day he was exceedingly hungry when to his great joy he espied two she-goats fastened together with ropes of straw he ran to them with great eagerness and drunk very heartily of their milk after this he began to consider that there must be some hut at least hard by as the goats could not have strayed in that manner any great distance he therefore resolved to stay upon the spot for some time and soon after the fog clearing up he espied a hut just before him to which he directly repaired and there got a bellyful of their homely fare and directions to find his way to stockholm the religion of this country being chiefly lutheran he passed for the son of a presbyterian parson and his name slowly pretending to have been cast away in a vessel bound for revel the lutherans at stockholm were exceedingly kind to him and raised a handsome contribution for him he likewise chanced there to meet with a relation of dr breda a swiss gentleman that resided at dartmouth in devonshire who asked several questions about him and as mr carew was well acquainted with him he gave very satisfactory answers upon which account that gentleman gave him a guinea a great fur cap a coat and a fine dog with a letter to carry to his relation at dartmouth from stockholm he went to charlestown and after a short stay there continued his journey to copenhagen the metropolis of denmark here he met with one captain thomas giles of minehead in somersetshire who knew him and was surprised to see him in that part of the world and not only liberally relieved him himself but recommended him to several english commanders there and also to several inhabitants of the city from copenhagen he went to elsenburg thence to elsinore where he got a passage for england and once more arrived in his native country landing at newcastle upon tyne he visited his wife's relations and then set forward for devonshire travelling all the way in the character of a shipwrecked seaman meeting at exeter with his beloved wife and likewise with his friend coleman and his wife they travelled together for some time during which coleman's wife was delivered of a daughter 
but as they found so helpless an infant a great hindrance to their travelling mr carew contrived a stratagem to get rid of it and at the same time advanced the fortune of the child there was in the town where they then were a gay bachelor who lived with his mother and sisters and was a great admirer of that order of female travellers called cousin betty's coleman's wife had been with him some months before in that character was very well entertained and amongst other favours received the present of a silk handkerchief they therefore dressed up the babe very neatly wrapped it up exceeding warm and put it in a hand-basket taking care to put in the handkerchief coleman's wife had received from this gay bachelor then getting a large boar cat in the dusk of the evening they tied it to the knocker of the door setting down before it the basket with the helpless infant the cat not liking the treatment made a hideous squalling and with his struggling rap 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 went the knocker of the door out ran the gentleman with his mother sisters and servants and the neighbourhood gathered about the door to see what this noise could mean mr carew and coleman mingled among them to learn what would be the event of their stratagem the cat by long struggling got free of the knocker and ran away only leaving part of the tail behind the basket alone now engaged the attention of every one and being delivered to the gentlemen to open the feeble cries of an infant soon reached their ears the mother and sisters alarmed at this unexpected salutation snatched the basket from him and upon the child's breast found a note in these words remember sir where you last met me you have not been so kind as you often promised and swore you would however it justly belongs to you i have made bold to send you the fruits of our meeting and this handkerchief which you made me as a token be kind to our infant daughter and the unfortunate mother on her part will forgive you yours etc the horrid squalling of the cat did not grate so disagreeably upon the gentleman's ears as the reading of these words so that his hat and wig were flung off and he ran about stamping and swearing that the child was none of his neither did he know anything of the mother on the other hand his mother and sisters flew into a violent rage assailing his ears on every side with reproaches so that he would at that time have thought deafness preferable to any one of the senses dost thou deny the child to be thine cried the mother has it not thy very eyes nose and mouth and is this not thy very handkerchief this thou canst not deny for i can safely swear it was thine the poor gentleman thus beset on all sides was obliged to quit the field the child was taken into the house and brought up and educated there and is at this day a very accomplished fine lady some time after this adventure mr carew took passage at folkestone in kent or boulogne in france where he arrived safe and proceeded to paris and other cities in that kingdom his habit was now tolerably good his countenance grave his behaviour sober and decent pretending to be a roman catholic who left england his native country out of an ardent zeal of spending his days in the bosom of the catholic church this story readily gained belief his zeal was universally applauded and handsome contributions made for him but at the same time he was so zealous a roman catholic with a little change of habit he used to address those english he heard of in any place as a protestant shipwrecked seaman 
he had the good fortune in this character to meet an english physician at paris to whom he told his deplorable tale who was so much affected by it that he not only relieved him very handsomely but what was more recommended him to that noble pattern of unexhausted benevolence mrs horner who was on her travels from whom he received ten guineas and from some other company with her five more here reader if thou hast a good heart we cannot entertain thee better than by drawing a true though faint picture of this generous lady for were benevolence and generosity real beings we are persuaded they would act just like her with such an unsparing hand would they bestow their bounties and with such magnificence reward desert with such godlike compassion cheer the afflicted and just so make happy all around them but thou canst form no adequate idea unless thou hast been in the neighbourhood of that noble mansion the seat of mrs horner at mulberry dorsetshire where benevolence has fixed her seat permit me therefore to transport thee thither to bless thy sight with the delightful scene see already the parish church rebuilt at her expense strikes the eye it is she that has erected it to the honour of her god thou art surprised i see to behold an eminent physician who is allowed a constant salary by her to visit the poor sick in her neighbourhood coming out of his chariot to enter the wretched huts of poverty but no she has already paid his fees see here another compounding the choicest drugs and medicines for a whole neighbourhood it is her bounty that has supplied them cast your eye the other way and behold that company of aged and decrepit poor they are going to receive their daily bread at her table but let us enter the poor cottage see here are the holy scriptures and other books of pious instruction and hark the lisping child is reading distinctly in one of them her munificence has bestowed these useful gifts and instilled instruction into that tender mind behold with how dejected a look and grief swollen heart with what a load of care yon person enters the mansion but see he returns how changed his aspect joy sparkles in his eye and thankfulness swells his exulting heart content sits cheerful upon his brow and he no longer bends under his care what wonderful magic has wrought this sudden change the opening only of her beneficent hand has done it what we are now going to relate will raise an honest indignation in the breast of every true lover of liberty for all such know that the beauteous flower of liberty sickens to the very root like the sensitive plant at the lightest touch of the iron hand of power upon any one of its most distant branches End of chapter seventeen